so we've been in this series entitled No More Fear. And um, <clears throat> we're, we're continuing to stay on the series because God said we need to understand this. And we need to understand how to overcome the things in life that are there as a result of generational things. Um, I didn't give you this scripture, but can you put Job 3.25 up there for me? I'm going to give you a minute to find it, if it takes a minute. But I want to look at this. We looked at this over the last few weeks. But I want to look at it again. Um, and I want to make a point that I made when, when we've read this before in Job 3 and verse 25. And it says, what I feared has come upon me. And what it didn't say is that because bad things happened, he got in fear. It said he feared and what he feared came upon him. Right. Say this after me. I heard you. I heard you. Did you hear me? Yes. <laughs> He didn't fear because bad things happened. Bad things happened because he was in fear. What I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. And I said this a few weeks ago, that the fear that Job had was generational. He didn't... He didn't practice fear later on in life and then became a fear-filled person. He had fear in his life and didn't get rid of it. Right. And after the things that happened to him, he got rid of the fear. And what one, the, the number one fear that Job got rid of that was generational was the fear of what everybody thought. That was the greatest fear that affected Job over anything else was the fear of what other people thought. And I'm just telling you today, everything that you read about in Scripture, any, any process in the Scripture has to do with spiritual law. And it's all tied to, as long as heaven and earth is intact, so is seed time, and harvest time. Whatever you sow day to day, you will reap. So when, when I say to you that if you keep fear, what you fear is going to happen, and if you keep dreading things, the things you continue to dread are going to happen because of seed time and harvest time. You realize that, that an act of fearing something, and I, and I mentioned last week, there's a lot of things that are, have different titles to them that are actually rooted in fear. Worry is rooted in fear. Dreading is rooted in fear. Um, uh, being anxious about something is rooted in fear. It's all fear. And in that package, we have to be developing and practicing in our lives things that will liberate us and free us from the fear that we're talking about. Because, because 
when, you're, when you were born into this world, everybody, different situation, came from different areas. But when you were born into this world, you were born into fear. You were born into a world that has a God over the system who is the devil. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, he's the God of the system. And you were born into a system, a way of thinking, that has generational fear attached to everybody's life in some form or another. That wasn't done away with. Jesus redeemed us from the curse that fear is, but he gave us the responsibility to deal with it when we came to an age of accountability. You had a head start on it if your parents had, were, were born again and they had revelation. It, just the fact that your parents were born again doesn't mean they had revelation how to deal with fear. A lot of Christians feel like they're almost um, being ungodly by not worrying. Lots of Christians think that worry is just part of life. Being afraid of things is just, well, you know, a little, I mean, I've heard people say this for, for years at different times, a little fear is healthy. Well, we're going to cope with the fear. I'm not coping with nothing. I'm getting delivered. Amen? I'm tolerating fear. I'm not tolerating any type of fear. No more fear in my life. I can't stand to have fear in my life. I can't accomplish what God put me here on the earth to accomplish if I'm living in fear. That's why so many people go to the grave not fulfilling the plans and purposes of God because of fear. They're rooted in fear. It's generational. It was with Job, right? And you know what? Job knew God. Did that save him from the results of fear? No. Not until he made the decision, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not listening to these people, not listening. I mean, in his situation, he couldn't listen to his wife. His wife was getting him to turn on God, and his friends were getting him to turn on God, and he was more concerned about what his friends and other people thought than what God said. God wants you and I liberated from anything generational that's holding us back. What I'm going to share with you tonight is how you know how um, you know how a family will have a symbol you know like a Scottish symbol an English symbol from from different from the past well what like a crest, yes. Okay, the, a family crest. Well, the Wimberley family crest was fear. I mean, we just were fear mongers, right? I mean, we were fear-filled bunch of people. So, I didn't mean that other people weren't also. I'm just saying we were rooted in fear. I didn't realize how much fear. In fact... I, I got to make some points now. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of not sure how I'm going to pull this off tonight, but I got to make a few points. I got to read a few scriptures that I didn't intend to read. But I want you to listen to this.
So, so listen to this. The eye, th this is the amplified of Matthew 6. Actually, I gave you this, yeah. Uh, but it was scriptures before this. Matthew 6 and verse 21. For where your treasure is, Matthew 6, 21. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is sound, your entire body will be full of light. But if your eye is unsound, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the very light in you, your conscience, is darkened, how dense or how deep is the darkness? That's what I didn't realize in my life. When I got born again, and I began to feed on the Word of God, and the Word began to enter into my life, I began to get excited. In the first six or seven years, man, I was rocking and rolling, man. I mean, things were happening. Things happened, manifestations. I was doing the Word and all that. And, and I came to a point where I, I had grown to certain levels, and this is the way God does it with people. You grow to a certain place, and then when you get more developed and more mature, then God's able to talk to you about really getting rid of some things. Until that time, you have to grow like a child. You're not going to take a two-year-old, right, and, and teach them algebra, right? No, you're going to learn how to do this. Make, making them, do, yeah, they, they, may, they may scribble something on there, but they're not learning anything. They don't have the capability. Well, we don't either until our minds get renewed and we get to a place where we can handle God really speaking to us. Well, what God began to show me was, Bert, you've got fear, but... You got no idea how deep it is. So you got light in you, but the light that is in you, it's darkened in your conscience. You're not seeing clearly. You think you are, but I'm just telling you, it's got to, and that's the way it works. If you'll stay with me and you'll, you'll listen to me and you'll deal with the fear that is there, then it'll get brighter and brighter and brighter. And that means the darkness gets removed because if this place is dark, all you got to do is turn on one light. And it'll dispel the darkness wherever it is. And God's word is identified in scripture as the light. And when we allow the light of the word to illuminate us on the inside, then the darkness goes. And I promise you, all darkness is tied to fear. All of it. It's not directly, but indirectly, the root of it is fear. And that's what has to be pulled out. So, I'm saying to you, in your life, if you're taking the things that, that we're teaching in this series and you're applying this to your life and you're addressing fear, I'm just telling you, the more you address fear, sometimes you don't realize how deep it is. But if you'll stay with it, God will speed the process up because when you become convinced that you know something is, has been fear in your life and you, it's caused you to dread things. It's caused you to be afraid of things and it's like you wake up in the morning and, and you're afraid of something and you're, you're, you're just in turmoil of something and, and, and you're anxious about it and you're worried constantly about it and you know that that's there. 
If you will learn how to apply the word to that, and I'm going to show you in a minute, Scripture's real clear how to do it. If you'll apply the word to that on a daily basis, and you overcome a certain area of your life, it's so much easier to overcome other areas. Because I promise you, the way it is with God is, is that, let's say your, your internal person is like a big old onion, right? And if you ever, you, ever, you ever slice an onion and you take the onion and you peel it back like one layer at a time, that's the way it is with God. God's not going to put on you all this stuff you have to deal with. It's one layer at a time. Everybody say, thank God for that. Amen? And you know what? Whatever's down in there, he's got it covered. I don't got to freak out and I got to get to it and all this kind of... No, it's one layer at a time. But what I've noticed is, in, in my own life, when I was willing to deal with those first few layers, then, you know, there's times when, when I cut an onion and I'll peel it back that I may take three or four pieces at a time and then separate them. And that's the way it is with God. See, it's not just one for one. If I'm willing to deal with the fear, then it's like, well, crud, I can get over this thing and this thing and this thing. Peel, 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 all three of them at once, and it's not just one layer and another layer. It seems that way in the first few things that you're dealing with, but the more you deal with it, the easier it is to address it, give it no place, and be liberated totally of fear because when you identify it and you've already had the victory over something else, man, you can stop it in its tracks right then. Why? God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. 2 Timothy 1.7, he hadn't given us fear. But power, love, and a sound and a well-balanced mind. I have the ability to bring every thought captive, as we talked about last week, every single thought captive, and let those thoughts know you are not ruling. The opposite is ruling. Peace is ruling. Joy is ruling. Power is ruling. Faith is ruling. What God says is ruling. And I can really live that life. I can testify today. I'm not saying that others of you can't in here. I'm saying I can testify today, fear has no place in my life. I can testify, and I'm not afraid of saying it. I'm not saying it in pride, like it'll never come back. I'm saying I'm not afraid of it because I've seen the victory, and I know what works. And why would I revert back to living in fear because, well, I'm just tired of fighting. No, I'm not tired of fighting. I'm ready to fight more today than I ever have been before. I'm ready. Gloves on, ready to duke it out in anything that comes from the enemy. Anything. I didn't, say, I didn't say it's easy. I didn't say at times it's like he got a punch in and it feels like your, your legs are a little wobbly or whatever. That's all right. Steady yourself. I'm not strong in me. I'm strong in him. Amen? Be strong. Brethren, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and ability to overcome fear. His might and ability, not me. Thank God it's not about me. It's all about him. Amen? But it's me doing what he said to do. Right. So, <clears throat> watch a couple, of, a couple of verses. You know, our, our foundational scripture, Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all fear. It's vital that we stay with that in our thinking, that we continually realize that seeking the Lord is the key. 
Other verse of scripture that we looked at was Proverbs 29. I want to look at that one more time. Just to remind you of it. Proverbs 29, 25. And we'll look at that in the in the uh, in the New Living. Fearing people? No, no, no. In the message, the fear of human opinion disables. That's what happened with that's what happened with Job. He was disabled for a period of time. But you know what the good thing about Job is? If you study Job's situation. That wasn't a 10-year thing. That was less than a year. And he was restored double. Why? Because he did something with what he knew God wanted him to do. He did it, and it worked for him. Amen? The fear of human opinion disables. Trusting God protects you from that. Everyone tries to get help from the leader, but only God will give us justice. You know what I say to you? I say to you tonight that the wheels of justice are working for you right now. Amen? Amen? I'm saying to you again, the wheels of justice, they're they're turning. They're working. They're they're moving. The, the, The ship is moving forward for you. God has already justified you. He's already made you righteous. You're already righteous. We just have to plug into that. I'm going to say it again. The wheels of justice are working for you tonight in the name of Jesus. How many believe that? Amen. Amen. Psalm 23. And then I'm going to get to my passage I'm going to read tonight. Psalm 23. Just in the New King James. In verse 4. Yea, though I, it's good to just read Psalm 23. Uh, I give you a challenge tonight. It would do you really good. I've done this many, many times in my walk with God. Is that I'll go, I'll go a long stretch of period of time and read Psalm 23 every day. Because everything, all of our promises are in Psalm 23. And they're all fulfilled. Everything's a win if you read Psalm 23. I just encourage you, it's a good challenge to do. Just read it every day for a long period of time. You'll get so much out of that passage, so much out of it. But verse 4 says this, Yo, though I, yo, yo. There's <laughs> a yay and a though. <laughs> so, yo, yay, though I walk. Through the valley of the shadow of death, I what? I fear some evil. Hmm? Uh, I fear every once in a while. I have a little bit of fear, but kind of mostly faith. It, it, it'll never be that way. If you've got a little bit of fear, you've got no faith. I mean, it's just the way it works. When there's a little bit of fear, it's, it, it's kind of like one bad apple in a whole bunch. What does it do? The good ones make the bad one good? Absolutely not opposite. And that's the way it is with a little bit of fear. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? Because he's with me. Watch. And it's not just knowing God is with me, 
But the key to it is, his rod and his staff, they come from me. What does the rod and the staff represent? The spirit and truth. Your spirit and your truth, they bring comfort to my soul. See, that's how I know God is with me. How did David seek the Lord and know that the Lord heard him? Because he knew him from his word. He spent time with God. David had a relationship. David made some real major mistakes in life, but his life was prolonged because he had a heart for the things of God. He sought God. Anybody in here never made a mistake? No. But what what do we do like we talked about last week? One thing we do, forgetting what's behind, we press toward the mark of that relationship with God Almighty. Amen? And we keep our faith in Him. We we keep our, our, our ears continually being programmed to hear His voice and know what He's saying to us so that we can overcome in every situation. Amen? He said, I fear no evil. Because God is with me, his rod, his spirit, and his truth, they comfort me. Amen? And that's the key to what I'm talking to you about, about being set free and delivered of fear. Um, So, these last two passages of scripture that I'm going to read tonight, I'm just going to, I just want us to, I feel like it's really important tonight that we talk about the things in everyday life that keep us in fear. There's things in everyday life that keep you afraid. They keep you worried. They keep you fretting on a day-to-day basis. And that's what we need to be delivered of. You and I, all of us in the house, We need to be set free day to day of worrying, being full of any type of anxiety, dread, stressfulness, anything that is rooted to fear, God wants you and I delivered of. And so, in Matthew 6, where we were earlier, a little bit farther down, actually we're going to just start with... um, Actually, we're going to start with verse 31. Last week, we read from verse 25 down, and he talked about, um, in verse 25, uh, not worrying about your life, what you'll wear, what you're going to drink, what you're going to eat, how you're going to do this, that. And he talked about the birds and how the birds are taken care of and all those. And then, and then he said, consider the lilies of the field, how, what, what they do and don't do, and how God takes care of them. And, and they're even... They're even um, uh, clothed in such glory even greater than the glory of Solomon. And, and, and he said, and in verse uh, 30, he says, Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith, he says. Now, verse 31 says this. So what we're talking about is, we, we want the axe put to the root of the things that keep us worried fretful, dreading, in fear of any kind on a day-to-day basis. We want the axe put to the root. And this is what God says in these next two verses. Therefore, because of what he just said, do not worry, which is fear, saying, 
What shall you eat? What shall I drink? What am I going to wear? And I said last week, you can put anything in there. How am I going to pay this bill? What am I going to do about this situation? I need a new job. What about this thing here? He said, he said um, for all of these things, everybody say things. things. So, so there are things that are tied to worry. There are things that are tied to fear, to dread, to anxiousness. Any type of fear, anything that is, is rooted in fear, it's tied to things. Now, most of what he's talking about right here has to do with monetary things. And, and you know, if you think about it, most people are just are totally enamored with the monetary world to the point that if they don't have something, they feel like they've been cheated. Sometimes there's some things you don't need. You know, at, at a certain time in your life. And people allow things to cause all types of fear to hold them back. Because, what did I say earlier? You're not going to fulfill what you were put here to do when you live and operate in fear. If Job hadn't come out of it, what he lost, lost his family, finances, lost everything. He lost it all. And had he not come out of that fear, we wouldn't have read the turnaround in his life. It depends on what we choose to do day to day. So God says here, he gives us actually the key. I'm gonna, in this passage and one other, I believe are the keys to being liberated from fear, but it happens day to day. I can make a quality decision. You can make a quality decision tonight. I'm taking what pastor said. I'm putting that to work. No more fear in my life. You can say that. You have the right to. You have the right to call those things which be not as though they were. We're not, we're not calling things that are like they're not. That's a lie. We're calling things that I'm not there yet, okay, but I'm getting there. Amen? Fear has no place in my life in the name of Jesus. I give it no place. You have the right to say that tonight. But just your confession with no action behind it, 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 it won't do it. But if you, if you continue in the confession, because in the seed of the word is where the power to get you to do it is. I mean, God's got it all figured out. That doesn't mean, well, I, I'm just trusting in the seed of the word. No, 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 no. Don't, don't be stupid, right? I mean, the seed of the word works. And if, I, if I'm declaring it, if I'm listening to it, because what you're doing when, you, when you're confessing the word of God, you're hearing yourself say what God says is so. Amen. If you say, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed, you're saying what he says is so, right? So you're hearing the voice of the Father speak to you through what you're saying tonight, I'm giving you scripture and verse. I will never preach a sermon without scripture and verse because you have to know that God said it just wasn't some good idea that I came up with. Good ideas aren't any good. We want God ideas only. Amen? And, and it's a God idea to be totally free from fear. And it's not just a God idea, but he created us to live our lives liberated totally from any type of fear. Totally. And here lies the answer to it, 
right here in this verse, these two verses. Therefore, do not worry, do not be in fear, do not dread, do not be anxious, saying. So, I'm going to finish those two verses, but um, I'm going to put these on just to read my scribbles. Um, so, I'm just going to go through a list of things. I wrote a bunch of little things down that, that as I prayed, I, I believe God told me would maybe touch everybody's life in one form or another. So, so he said, don't be in fear saying. Um, this is a good one. Have you ever wanted to, have you ever had a plan, you had a plan in your mind that you're going to take a vacation? You're going to be gone for a week. You planned a year out, two years out, whatever. You're going to go on the vacation. And it's getting closer to the vacation, and it doesn't look like you've got enough money or whatever means to go on the vacation. Anybody ever been there? Something similar to that. So the closer you get, you, fear, you, you feel that fear begin to rise up. And what happens when you give place to fear is that your mouth follows. Oh, my God, we're not going to have enough money. He said, don't worry saying. Now, you know, there's a lot of other factors in the vacation. Are you supposed to take the vacation, number one? You know, those kind of things. I mean, this is what you're supposed to do. Well, God, God puts his desires in our heart, and then he brings them to pass. So if I believe God told me that we were going to take this vacation, and maybe you're preparing for the vacation in a certain way, God wants you, because you know what? Even if you have enough money to go on the vacation, God wants you to go on the vacation by faith. He wants you to do everything by faith. See, it's not, it, faith is not just a hand-to-mouth kind of thing that, that you, don't, you don't have enough and you're believing God. Well, there's times of that. But when you have enough, God still wants you to do what you do by faith. Well, I don't know about all that. Or, or, or maybe you get closer to going and eh, it just doesn't seem right. And so you start voicing that all the time. And then you convince yourself by what you say that what God said was right is wrong. Because you've let worry, fretfulness, fear of whatever kind enter in. That's just one example. Um, In, in a financial situation, if, you're, if, you're, if you've had some struggles or you, 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 you're on a budget and you're staying with certain things and, and it's coming toward the end of the month and you're not going to have enough to pay something, the first thing that happens is fear comes and says, you're not going to have enough. Look, look, look at this. Look what's happening. So fear could get you to scramble and try to do all kinds of things financially to try to fix the thing when what God wants you to do first and foremost is remind yourself what his promise says. Amen. Huh? What did he say? He said that he would meet all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. As I begin to remind my, I, I'm telling you, you get those kind of words out of your mouth, it will shut fear down in ways that, I, I, you know, it'll shut fear down, but it has to come out of your mouth directed at fear. Yeah. 
Letting fear know you're not having place in me. And the next day, you may, you may have seen yourself built up one day. You go to sleep at night, you wake up, feel like you've been run over by a truck. Man, your mind's been bam, bam. Because see, in the darkness, in the nighttime is when the enemy likes to attack. Oh yeah, he'll attack. Trying to convince you that what you knew yesterday is not true. But God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. The promises are still true then. Could be in the financial realm. Um, <clears throat> you know, in the monetary world, there are things that are out there that a lot of times we think we can't have. The enemy will tell us, well, you know, they, they drive that nice car, but I'll never have one of those. He'll tell you that. Then you meditate on that long enough, you'll convince yourself and you'll talk about it all the time. Well, isn't that a nice car? Yeah, but I'll never have one of those. Why? Too much money. What's too much money? See, the deal is, you want to be able to have what God wants for you. There may be times and seasons in your life when you're driving something that isn't the best that you want to drive. But you're driving it by faith, and you're driving it because God wants you there. Number one, maybe you don't want a payment. You don't want to have to do certain things. You're going to drive what God tells you to drive until you're done with that. But all along the way, what I'm declaring is that God has blessed me. Amen? And, and, and when God builds something on the inside, he puts his desires in your heart, and then he brings them to pass. Right. One day you're driving, you know, you see a certain car you like, and God drops that in your heart. And right from that day on, Father, I just thank you. See, what God wants out of your mouth is this thankfulness for what he's saying is yours. He wants you to thank him for what he says is yours. I'm just using a car as an example. I mean, people that have taught faith, they've been hammered over, you know, believing for a certain car, a certain kind of car or whatever. That's all people do is believe for cars. Well, no, I believe for everything. That's right. Hmm? I believe for everything. I've always believed for everything, right? And I'm encouraging you that he said there are all these things in life that we believe for. And I'm going to read the rest of that passage in a second. But all these things in life that we believe for, they're trying to rob us of having real faith. Trying to keep us afraid that we can't, we can't, we can't. We can't do this. We can't have that. We can't go here. We can't do this thing, that thing, all that. The other issue is with us individually is we can't do what other people do. Yes. See, we've got to do what God wants us to do. Amen. And until you learn to develop what God has for you, you need to just kind of not go after what other people have. Right. It gets you in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Something else, um, dreading things. You know, um, sometimes... We get involved in this dreading maybe what someone else wants from us. Um, in families, there's a lot of dread. Because you have relationships in families where somebody's wanting something from you and you find yourself dreading that. I'm just telling you right now, anything that you dread will happen. Well, you know, they're, they're wanting to come stay at my house for two weeks. And, you know, I, bless God, that's just not happening. 
I mean, that's just, I mean, they're not, who do they think they are? You know, maybe we could do it for a night or two, but for two weeks to come to my house and stay? You know, I never liked her when we were growing up, and I don't want her to come to my house. <laughs> and the more you dread it, the worse it gets. And then they just show up without even asking. And then it's worse than it ever was, but if you address dread when it's trying to tell you something or, or say something to you, if you address dread and not finding yourself dreading something, you can enjoy everything. That's what I've noticed. I refuse to dread anything. You ever had, any, you ever had somebody borrow something from you and they bring it back and it's tore up? <laughs> and, and, then, and then it's like then they want to borrow something else and it's like man I mean like this spirit of dread just all over you and uh, case in point I mean well I wouldn't say what it was but, but that happened with me and, uh, and so the next time this person wanted to borrow something I dreaded it I felt, I felt myself dreading them coming and wanting to borrow it. And I prayed about it, and because as I, as I was getting free of dread, God began to show me, you've got to pray and get my wisdom about how you deal with the dread, how to address the situation. And what God showed me was, be honest with the person. Well, I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, be honest. And so what I said was, look, um, I know you want to borrow this. Last time you borrowed this, and this is what it looked like, or whatever. And I don't want it to come back that way. So I'm going to lend you this. But can you please bring it back to me nice? I mean, you don't have to be, you know, you, you don't have to be worked up when you say it. You can be kind and nice and, hey, I, I want to lend this to you. But the last time I got it back and it was tore up. So I'm going to lend it to you, but can you bring it back nice? And he did. No dread. No dodging. You know, because when you dread something from someone else, man, you get in all of these different worlds and imaginations and you start thinking things and the devil builds stuff up and all of a sudden like you know it's like you're you're dealing with the antichrist or something you know when all it is is just a situation that you've got that you have to confront but you have to confront it the way God wants you to that's why we pray in the spirit we get the wisdom from God about how to deal with situations like that so he says in all these things, I just gave you several examples of things that we worry about by saying, by taking the care of. And so he said here, all these things that he's talking about, all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. My Father knows I have need of things. When we were talking about financial situations or things like he's talking about what you wear what you eat how are you going to do this how are you going to pay this how are you going to take care of this what about this job another thing you people can worry about is they're on the job and they need a new job and how's the new job going to come well where'd you get the, the job you're in right now 
I mean, if God got you the job you're in right now and you're not there and you need a new job, he'll get you the next job, right? But he won't when you take the care of it saying, oh my gosh, you know, what's it going to take? I don't know. I mean, God just lost my phone number. It's not happening. And I don't see, well, the more you say that, nothing comes. I'm just talking about the way God set it up for you and I to operate. We want to be delivered of worry, cares, fears, anxiety, dread, all that. We got to change what we say. Instead of complaining about things, instead of voicing the dread and the issues, it doesn't mean that they're not coming at you. I'm just not taking them by what I say. And when I change what I say, and I change my vocabulary over what I'm believing God for, and I'm listening to God, it'll always change in God, always. He'll always make what, you're, what you really need and want in life to come to pass. Sometimes what you think you want isn't what you really need because when you're dealing with not saying all the negative things and you're declaring the word, as you're doing that, he's dropping what you really need in you and then he brings it to pass and you, that's what you want. That's what you wanted all the time anyway is what he wanted for you. Then we get out of the way the things that we think we need. So he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek God. What did David do? I sought the Lord, he heard me, and he delivered me of all fears. Amen? Amen. Last passage, and I'll end with this, is in Philippians 4. So all these examples that we've talked about tonight, here lies the plan to liberate yourself from fear, from worry, from anxiety, all of it. Verse 4, how do we start? Rejoice in the Lord. How often? Always. Always. And if you didn't get that, then he said again, I say, rejoice. How often? Always. Always. Amen? He said, let your gentleness, or one translation, that word gentleness there is unselfishness. Let your unselfishness be known to all men, for the Lord is at hand. Be anxious, worried, fretful, dreading. He said, be, dread, be in fear for nothing. I said, for nothing. For nothing. For absolutely nothing, but in everything. So he said, be anxious, worried, fretful, dreadful, nothing, nothing. Let none of that have place in your life. And how do you do do that? In everything by prayer. What is real prayer? It's connecting with God. Supplication. Declaring, making your declarations known to God. How? With thanksgiving. He said, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that passes all of your understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So how do we get free from anxiety, from worry, from cares, from fear of any kind? By going before the Lord and thanking Him. Father, I see these situations before me. I'm not acting like they're not here. But what I'm declaring today is that your word is more real. 
I come before you today and I thank you that I'm healed or whatever it is. Father, I thank you that you meet all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I thank you, Father, that you put your desires on the inside of me and you bring them to pass. I will not fret and be anxious and allow my words to come out of my mouth, taking the cares and the fears and taking the anxiety and taking all the thoughts that come to my mind. I refuse to take them. Instead, notice, he doesn't say, just don't think him. He said, instead of giving place to that, be praising him, thanking him, making supplication to him, praying to him, but with a heart of thanksgiving. Not begging him to do something for you, but thanking him for what he's already done. And he's already done it. I'm telling you today, he's already done it. He's already liberated you and I. He's already healed us and delivered us. He's already prospered us. He's already delivered us from all fear. He's already. We just have to receive it by daily, not allowing our words to take what we see, what we hear, how we feel, how our emotions are wrapped up in certain things. No, I'm not taking that. Instead, I'm rejoicing always. I'm praising God, I'm thanking Him for His Word, and reminding Him constantly of what He said. If you're lacking something, if you're dreading a relationship with somebody, let's say you dread somebody on the job, or somebody at work that you just absolutely dread. You can't even stand the thought of going to work. I don't even want to go. I don't want to go down there. I don't want to do that. I, I, I want to I change jobs. You can't run from a job because of somebody, because that person or somebody like that's going to be at the next job you go to. So then you'll be changing jobs every six months to a year, to two years. You don't want to do that. Stay with something, right? Well, I just, I can't stand working for other people. No, it's that you don't want to deal with the confrontation. And the confrontation doesn't have to be some ugly thing that you do. The confrontation starts by you declaring what God's Word says. Because in the seed of the Word is the ability and the power to have the confidence to do what you need to do. And it wins every single time. The seed of God's Word will win every single time. Verse 8 just says this. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy or worthy of praise, meditate on these things. That's the other thing that you apply to what I'm saying right here. You meditate on the good things. But I promise you, if you're not, if you're not controlling what comes out of your mouth, you're not going to meditate on good things. Your ability to meditate is based on what you say. Because when you're declaring how great God is on a daily basis, man, you can meditate on those great things of God. I have a routine every day that I go through. And, and during my routine and even after my routine throughout the day, man, I'm reminded. Something will happen, but because of that routine I have, in God's word and the things that I say over myself every day, man, those things will come back to me and I'm reminded of that. But if I don't do that, well, I don't have time for that. You don't have time not to do it. Something, just something. I mean, God, God will take a little bit of something and do amazing things with it if you'll just put the word out there and put it to work and get a hold of the things that you're saying that are trying to sabotage your destiny. 
It's things we say will sabotage us because it keeps us in fear and dread and worry, anxiety, all those things. But we declare tonight, no more fear. Can you say amen? No more fear, worry of any kind in our lives. And, and from today on, you just take what we talked about tonight and just keep applying it. And the word works.